This is Deep Dive, WFHB and Limestone Post Investigate, where we look into issues regarding health, housing, and the environment that directly impact residents of Monroe County. We are looking into trees in Monroe County. What trees we have, what benefits they provide, and which trees to root for and which to root out. When you walk outside and go wherever you're going to go, do you notice the trees along your journey? Trees are something that we can all take for granted, but once you start noticing them, you learn to appreciate for how much they do for us. Limestone Post contributor Lori D. Borman is a Bloomington-based writer and editor. She worked as a formal travel magazine editor and past president of the American Travel Writers. Borman is also a magazine reporting professor at Indiana University. While walking on campus, she started to pay attention to the trees, and she noticed a large tree on the lower steps of the Indiana Memorial Union. According to IU Landscape Coordinator Mike Gervin, this might be the oldest tree on IU's campus, a giant bur oak which Gervin dates to over 180 years. Borman talked about that experience and how she learned of a project detailing a digital version of the Woodland Campus Tour. This includes a historic walking guide to the IU trees. One day I was... I was at the Union Walk and the cam- I walked the campus just for fun and exercise and saw that tree, the burr oak in front of the Union, and I saw them kind of workers around it kind of digging. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you're not going to cut this down, are you? And they said, oh, no, no, this is a special tree. We're going to we we're treating it, you know, and we're we're supporting it. And I did find out from Mike Gervin, the landscape manager that he thinks it's the oldest tree. So it's about 180 years old. So it's kind of neat because it's right there in front of the union and um, it's easily identifiable. But there's a lot of really unusual trees on campus that you can see. And now they've uh, they've taken this Woodland Campus tour, which was written originally in 1961 by Paul Weatherwax an IU professor, and has been updated since then by one person, Sarah Mincy, at the O'Neill School. And they made it now into, uh, you can use your phone and, you know, just kind of the GPS coordinates are in it, and you can find the trees that way rather than these descriptions in a paper brochure. Borman discussed the benefits of the vast amount of trees on IU's campus. She also mentioned that there are a few trees that she's been on the lookout for, including an Indiana pawpaw tree. It's a great benefit to the campus, these trees, because people, students are attracted to it because it looks like a university. You know, it's got that, you know, those limestone buildings and all that. And it's frequently rated one of the highest, most beautiful campuses in the United States. They want to protect it, and they do. They do a great job with it. There are just a lot of interesting trees that came from that Woodland Campus tour, but you can kind of just identify using the plot that they have updated each year and find out, well, how big is this tree actually? So I just, I really like it. I I just enjoy the um, discovering new trees. I'm still on the hunt for one of them that that I've been told about, and I can't quite find it. One of the easier ways to identify trees is through their leaves, but if the leaves aren't fully grown, then it's hard um, for a neophyte like me. But the pawpaw tree has these really long 
oblong leaves. And I've been waiting to see when that one comes out so I can find it because I know it's somewhere around the president's house and between that and the Mac. And I'm going to have to keep looking. She explained that more trees have an economic benefit helping people to cut down on utility bills. Trees also provide a natural benefit to wildlife. However, she warned that climate change threatens the sustainability of many trees in our area as we see an increase in average temperatures. It does have an economic benefit, not only just in students picking it because it looks pretty, but it does cut down on heating and air conditioning and carbon capture is a part of carbon capture. It's good for the animals. Um, it, it's um, keeping those squirrels fat. And just really... Um, and the natural beauty. And I think um, this, there, there are so many unusual trees um, like bald cypress and because they grow well by and sycamores grow well by water. Mm. So we have these features that we can have this diversity of trees and not just one kind. But as climate change um, continues, some of these trees are, you know, they're not going to be will be too f- warm for them to uh, survive and they'll have they are now planting trees that will accommodate warmer temperatures warmer and wetter temperatures we also talked to hannah gregory who works as a research associate at indiana university's environmental resilience institute She was the former forestry director at Canopy Bloomington. So I um, am the former forestry director for Canopy Bloomington. I just transitioned out of that role and the new forestry director's name is Ava Hartman, Um, but I'm still doing consulting hours with Canopy. Um, And then I'm going to be on the Canopy board. So yeah, so as former Canopy Bloomington Forestry Director, um, I've been a research associate with Environmental Resilience Institute since early 2020. Um, so I work on various grant projects um, with the ERI and also do statewide urban forestry research. Um, and then I'm a tree technician and GIS, um, or tree and GIS technician with IU Landscape Services. Gregory worked as a tree monitoring technician and helped with the 2019 and 2022 tree inventories on IU's campus. So I wasn't brought um, onto the project until, until 2019, but the project originally started in 2016 as an inventory of all the ash trees on campus. Um, there was an invasive pest called the emerald ash borer that um, hit Bloomington in like 2012. 2013, and it killed most of the ash trees um, all across the Midwest, including in Bloomington. And so IU had an interest in inventorying those trees specifically so they could um, know how many trees that they were going to have to potentially remove, um, but also identify trees that could be good candidates candidates for tree treatments, um, which we're continuing to do on ash trees. so it started as a ash tree inventory, and then they realized that they wanted to expand the inventory to um, uh, get data on every single freestanding tree on campus. So then they did the first comprehensive tree inventory in the summer of 2016, um, and then we've done 
we did the second one in 2019, which I was involved with, and then um, the third one this past summer in 2022, which I was also involved with. Gregory is a certified arborist who specializes in urban forestry. We asked her what is the difference between forestry and urban forestry. So, um, so forestry is sort of the typical field of, um, you know, like forestry is specific to forests. So, like forested areas, you think of like Hoosier National, like McCormick Creek, um, Daniel Boone, etc. So, um, like whole stands of trees that are not um, in urban areas. So, um, what forestry looks like in those spaces are, you know, like doing exactly what we talked about, like clearing some spaces, clearing invasive species. Um, doing timber stand management and things like that. Um, whereas urban forestry is kind of um, unique in that the jurisdiction um, varies from private to public. So, for example, um, like all of the trees in an urban space make up an urban forest, whether it's on a privately owned woodlot that someone has adjacent to their property whether it's a tree or a series of trees on a homeowner's property that they manage themselves or they're responsible for. Um, and then also the trees that are in our city parks and our city right-of-ways and things like that. So the urban forest is much more variable, I think, than um, a typical forest. And it requires a lot more stakeholders to be able to manage an urban forest properly, um, especially because trees grow much better in forests because that's their natural environment and trees generally struggle in urban forestry especially trees you know that are planted in the right-of-way or planted adjacent to buildings they just have a lot more stressors um, that impact their health so urban forestry requires um, sort of the combined effort of a lot of people um, to be able to properly manage it and make sure that there will be trees here for the future. We also asked Gregory about the tree canopy that used to cover the Beeline Trail over by the convention center. Gregory explained the trees that used to be there were calorie pear trees and were removed since they are not native to Indiana. And so calorie pear is like a tree in itself that's invasive. And the calorie pear was really popular as a landscape tree, um, like starting in the late 90s. But they really ramped up um, in the early 2000s, planting them like all across the Midwest people thought that they were a really nice landscape tree They have like these beautiful white flowers and things like that and the original trees that they were planting were sterile so they couldn't reproduce but then they started planting different what we call cultivars of bradford pear so then those trees started reproducing and that's kind of how we got to where we are now so calorie pears take over sort of roadways they're taking over our natural areas so they kind of create a monoculture where they suppress any native trees or herbaceous, herbaceous plants from growing. So there's a big initiative right now to get rid of calorie pear in Bloomington and in, greater, in the greater Monroe County area. There's a group called Monroe County Identify and, I, and Reduce Invasive Species, MC Iris. Um, they have like a, a focus species every year. And so calorie pear was their focus species last year and their focus species um, this year. And so uh, they're encouraging folks to remove calorie pears on their um, uh, private property and replace them with native trees. And then the city is also working on that initiative to slowly replace uh, calorie pears in, in the city property. So the, the calorie pears that are removed along the beeline 
um, were replaced with some smaller native trees. It's it's a it's hard it's a hard thing to balance because you know we never want to reduce the canopy in Bloomington, but there has to be like some sort of like threshold where invasive species like the harm that they do is greater than the canopy that they're providing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's kind of a soft balance. Um, but as long as the trees are replaced, um, we kind of can find some some uh, comfort in that, that most of the trees are being replaced. In addition to non-native trees being replaced with native ones, urban foresters take other factors into account, like how big the tree is going to get. Gregory shared that they try to plant the right tree in the right place. So there's this sort of um, like phrase in urban forestry called right tree, right place. And a lot of trees are not planted in the correct spaces. So, um, and, and I think people are getting better with that, especially within the city. Um, they're getting better at planting the right tree in the right place. Uh, you know, obviously like those, that area between the road and the um, sidewalk, we call them right of ways, which is also where the street trees are planted. Um, if you plant a tree that's going to get larger than the space that that area allows it to be, then that's when there there are issues created with like um, sidewalk cracks and um, you know the tree encroaching on the pavement and things like that. Um, but there are so many different types of trees that grow to different sizes, and so that's just one of the things that um, you know urban planners and people in the urban forestry field need to be aware of. Is planting the right tree for the right place. Gregory explained how Canopy Bloomington works in collaboration with City of Bloomington Parks and Recreation Department's Urban Forestry Program. So Canopy's only been around since uh, 2021, and um, the plans for the Bicentennial Bond Fund plantings um, came long before that. But we have worked in tandem with the city um, on shared goals, like planting trees in equitable spaces. So we have a really similar... Um, sort of map of priority areas of where we want to plant trees. And so while the city plants in the right-of-way, Canopy plants on private property um, adjacent to the right-of-way. And so we work in tandem in that way. We will talk more about Bloomington's involvement with our local tree canopy in a future episode of Deep Dive. A study done by British researchers George McCarran and Susanna Murado shows that there's some evidence which suggests that green or natural environments are positive for physical and mental health and well-being. According to American Psychiatric Association, exposure to green space can lead to less self-rated depression, anxiety, and risk of psychological distress. First, I'll say there's a really awesome website that I always direct people to if they want to look more into research on that called Green Cities Good Health. Um, It's based out of the University of Washington, and it lists, like, all of the benefits of trees, and then it attaches, like, the scholarly articles and, like, the background of that research. Um, So, um, trees, like, in general, they manage stormwater. Um, So, as as it rains, the tree canopy captures the rainfall and um, slows the runoff, so it reduces erosion, um, controls stormwater. Obviously, trees provide a lot of shade, which, you know, has physical health benefits to people and um, can have energy reduction benefits as well. So if trees are planted um, around a building, it can actually reduce the energy emissions that a building's putting off um, via shading. 
trees obviously provide habitat to our wildlife. The um, oak tree, which is a native um, genus in Indiana, they are considered a keystone species and they provide like habitat and food to over a hundred different caterpillar, bird, um, and other fauna species. Um, so that's kind of a fun fact that I like to share. And at Canopy, we plant a lot of oaks. Um, uh, trees has also been, it's been proven that trees can um, provide mental health benefits to people. Uh, there's this thing called forest bathing where people can go and sit in, um, you know, a heavily canopied area. And there's scientific um, proof that doing that um, can reduce stress levels um, and things like that. So there's, there's a ton of other benefits of trees as well. Um, but those are sort of the main ones that come to mind, like heat, heat management through shade, stormwater management, um, and also like the, the physical benefits that um, trees provide to, to people. Borman elaborated on the health benefits of trees and green space. She touched on the correlation of overall well-being and nature providing an example of Canadian doctors prescribing a visit to the park for stress and anxiety. And of course, we know that health benefits of being outdoors it is really, it makes you happier. In, in Canada, doctors will even prescribe visiting parks uh, to help alleviate stress and anxiety. And um, I think that's fantastic. I want my doctor to describe that for me. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Deep Dive. If you are listening and you have questions about trees you would like answered, or maybe you have a few trees in your life that you want to share with others in the community, you can email us at deepdive at wfhb.org, or you can leave us a voicemail at 802-552-3483. Again, that number is 802-552-3483. This voicemail box is new to us, and we are pretty excited about having it. If you leave us a message about a tree, we would love to share it on a future episode of Deep Dive. One more time, in case you weren't ready before, the number is 802-552-3483. Tune in next week to dive deeper and learn more about our local trees.